Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. I could say we live in strange times. The world is all screwed up. I would like to limit it, though. I would limit it just to the United States. There is no question we live in strange times in the United States. Uh, more strange this past year because of the election of Donald Trump to the presidency. He has changed everything about our country, from our moral conscience, our fiber, uh, to whatever. Uh, and we're stuck with him. We're, we are stuck with him, unfortunately. He also... Uh, he controls, in effect, the newspaper, the media, television, the radio. He does so many different things every day that he is the news. Now, there are other things going on in this country. There are other things going on in this world that we don't hear about anymore because he dominates the flow of news. I love news. I love politics. I'm a political junkie. But I have become sick and tired of talking about Donald Trump and writing about him. And as you may have noticed in the last couple of months, I tried to report less and less on this show about Donald Trump because I believe there are other things in in this world, most of which are more important than Donald Trump, and I should share them with you and we should think about those things. So I'm going to start tonight. I'm going to have very, very, very little Donald Trump in this show intentionally because, again, in my opinion, There are other things going on in this country that we should talk about. I want to start with this. Do you recall back in 1938-1939, Neville Chamberlain, he went to Munich to meet with Adolf Hitler, and he came back with a piece of paper, and he said, as he got off the plane, peace in our lifetime, peace in our lifetime. Well, I was reminded of this uh, yesterday. Today's Tuesday. Yesterday was Monday. When it was announced that there was now peace in the Senate. You recall peace in our lifetime, Naval Chamberlain. He had gotten conned. He had gotten sucked in. He gave Hitler Czechoslovakia. A year later, Hitler was marching into Poland. And the, the war was not avoided. World War II began. I don't think anything was resolved yesterday by uh, the avoidance of the shutdown, uh, by the Democrats and the Republicans purportedly, allegedly getting together. Everything was kumbaya. We trust each other. We're feeling this sense of bipartisanship. It's all bullshit, my friends. It isn't going to last. I'll be surprised if it makes it to February 8th. The Democrats should have held. They they blinked. They blinked. They gave in. What did they get for it? Well, a three-week extension. Uh, And at the end of that time, we're going to spend five days, and we are going to discuss uh, uh, DACA and other things involving immigration. 
and we're going to discuss them on the floor of the Senate for five days, something we never do anymore, talk on the floor of the Senate. And this was promised by the majority leader, McConnell, the Republican leader in the Senate. And the Democrats bought this. And I don't think anything's going to come of it. Uh, Even if everything that the Republicans and Democrats thought would happen, even if what the Democrats want, they get 100%, it's still got to go before the House of Representatives. And there is no question in my mind the House of Representatives is not going to pass anything where uh, these kids are going to stay here, DACA kids are going to stay here, and in effect they're going to get amnesty. There are enough congressmen in the House that are opposed to any form of amnesty, and that will be it. Another thing just came into the mix today on this DACA issue. You will recall last week uh, there was a decision, uh, or in the last week or two, there was a decision by a federal court, I believe in California, regarding DACA. uh, The federal district court judge put a stay on the on the administrative ruling that came out of the White House, uh, the executive order or the Department of Health and whatever, one of Trump's uh, departments issued an order saying uh, that they were going to accept no more DACA, DACA applications, renewals, etc. And that meant that on March 5th, they were going to start deporting people. Well, a federal court judge issued a stay and says, no, you can't do this, and you must accept these renewals, etc. Well, Sessions, who I think is a horse's ass for an attorney general, uh, asked for unusual relief from the United States Supreme Court. He said, I don't want to go through the usual process of appealing to the circuit court because based on their prior rulings, I know they're liberal and they're going to rule against me. I want a direct appeal to the United States Supreme Court Uh, And I want you to hear this issue immediately with some other cases you have. Uh, Lo and behold, I thought this was a stupid move. This has only happened twice, and I'm sorry, it's happened 12 times in the last 200 years. The Supreme Court has accepted a case on an accelerated basis. And what was uh, the, the, the proclamation, the ruling today from the United States Supreme Court, they are going to take that California case, skip the circuit court, and they're going to give it immediate attention together with some other matters that are similar. What does that mean? Tomorrow, the next day, no, but under the rules, in about four to six weeks, they will hear the case. I don't know whether that's good or bad. Uh, I do know this. We're going to hear come February 8th, maybe even before, why are we even wasting our time talking about this on the floor of the Senate? The United States Supreme Court's going to hear this case in another month. We're wasting our time. The Democrats got taken. They blinked. They bought a pig in a poke. They should be ashamed of themselves. Recall Ronald Reagan. Trust but verify when it came to uh, nuclear reduction of arms between the United States and Russia. Ray Ronald Reagan says, I, I trust these guys, but you got to verify. Trust but verify. And it's become part of our American lexicon. Trust but verify. And the, way, the reason this trust came to my attention is because I was so disappointed when the Democrats, quote, trusted, unquote, the Republicans 
with regard to the DACA issue and the shutdown. Uh, so I want to share with you something about trust but verify because we, we give credit to Ronald Reagan for this. Uh, he did say it, but he did not create it, make up those words. It's a Russian proverb. You got it, a Russian proverb. And uh, Reagan became aware of it, okay, because he had a woman by the name of Suzanne Massey, M-A-S-S-I-E, uh, she was a Cold War and Russian historian, a Russian expert, and occasionally she would advise Ronald Reagan on Russia. And during the conversations, uh, she said, you know, there is this Russian proverb. No, I can't say it in Russian, but it translated to trust, but verify. Reagan grabbed onto it. And that's where that term comes from. It's an old Russian proverb. Isn't that amazing? Uh, And that's how it came into being. Tom Brady, professional football, New England Patriots quarterback. That game Sunday was absolutely amazing. I've got to say this. Tom Brady is 40 years old. I want to share with you some things you might not be aware of quickly. He's 40 years old. He's as good... He's better now today than he ever was, probably. But he he would be this good at 27, 28, 29. Professional athletes, most of them don't last to 40, whether it's basketball, football, or baseball. Their bodies can't hold up, but this guy seems to be holding up. And he always has these great last quarters. They were losing by 10, 11 points Sunday. Through two touchdown passes, they won by four points. And now they go to Super Bowl in two weeks. Uh, great player. Maybe, perhaps the greatest professional quarterback in football history. Got to say, and we've had a lot of greats. Now, what's the unique thing I want to share with you? He went to the University of Michigan. He was a quarterback there. He was good. He wasn't great. He went into the draft. Okay, this is the 2000 uh, National Football League draft, the year 2000. And he wasn't picked in the first round. You know, if you get picked in the first round of these drafts, you're you're a multimillionaire right away. You make a lot of money. <laughs> Whether you succeed or not is immaterial. They want you. You're a star. They're betting that you're going to be good, and they pay you several million dollars. Well, he didn't get picked in the first round. He didn't get picked in the second round. He didn't get picked till the sixth round. He was a non-entity. New England didn't know what they were buying. They said, well, we may need another quarterback. Let's, let's, let's draft this guy. He was the 199th person drafted in that year, in the year 2000. The 199th person drafted. New England got a steal. They didn't pay him millions of dollars. They probably paid him a pittance, 50000 or something like that, maybe 100000 uh, It's considered the biggest deal in the history of the draft. And uh, interesting. And he turned out to be the great, I think, as a quarterback. Now, even more interesting, and this ties into what we're talking about with the United States Senate, what's going on the past few weeks with the Senate shutdown, with the governmental shutdown. Guess what he wants to do when, when he can't be a quarterback anymore for the Eagles? He can't play football. He wants to be a United States senator. He said this several times. He would like to be a United States senator. And maybe he would be good. Maybe he would be good there. 
Maybe he wouldn't be like these, excuse what I'm going to say, these other schmucks we keep sending there and sending back and back. And that's the story of Tom Brady. Want to talk about abortion. You're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you about abortion. Abortion's been in our face forever, it seems. It's been in my face. And again, I'll repeat, I'm 82 years old. It's been in my face my whole lifetime. I mean, Roe versus Wade, 1973, United States Supreme Court. A, woman's, a woman has a legal right to abortion. Amazing. Uh, and we're still fighting that case. What is it, 45 years later, and we're still fighting abortion in its various forms. Cases go to the Supreme Court, and anti-abortion groups keep whittling away at the right. Never succeed to get rid of it, I don't think, unless they have a one or two more Supreme Court conservative justices, which can happen. Uh, but anyhow, here's what I wanted to tell you. Do you know? There was a time before Roe versus Wade that abortion was legal in the United States, was not a crime. During the first hundred years of our existence as a nation, during the first hundred years of the United States' existence as a nation, abortion was legal. <laughs> abortion was legal. Now, you have to understand what abortion was. Abortion in the first hundred years was referred to as the termination of a pregnancy after quickening. Quickening is the key word. Termination, termination of a pregnancy after quickening. Now, quickening is the time when the fetus begins making movements in the woman's body. It starts kicking, and the woman can feel it. Now you know, in those days, those first hundred years, they said, now the fetus is alive. Prior to that, the first four months or so, they didn't know if the fetus was alive. But you could terminate, okay? Before or after quickening, before or after quickening, didn't make any difference except in one regard that I should get to in a moment. So that when women had an unwanted pregnancy, whether it was the first month, the third month, the fourth month, the fifth month, the sixth month, what have you, there were female monthly pills which could be taken a woman could get an abortion bring on an abortion by taking these pills and these pills were referred to and i quote female monthly pills unquote the first this this was going on back in the 1660s 1680s and the, the puritans boston and all that sort of stuff the first state to pass a law that abortion was illegal uh, the use of drugs for abortion was illegal. It was Illinois in 1827. A few other states followed. But come the Civil War, abortion was still flying, was still considered good. It became a serious criminal offense in the 20 years beginning in 1860. Between 1860 and 1880, all of a sudden, all the states are making abortion a criminal offense. And it had to do with the pill thing, the drug. Well, the issue wasn't over morality. You know, you shouldn't kill the fetus. It's a living person. Nobody ever talked that way. The doctors brought on the law. The doctors were pissed off, excuse the way I put it, because they were losing a lot of business. 
They wanted to prescribe the pills. They wanted to assist in the abortion. But it was cheaper for a pregnant woman who did not want to carry the child, the fetus, uh, to go to a midwife or a woman or a man who would do this for them at a much cheaper price, and they were not a professional. It was not illegal for the man or woman to perform the abortion, to assist in the abortion. It wasn't illegal for the woman to have the abortion. But the doctor said, we're losing a lot of business, so let's make it illegal. Screw those people. Well, and that's how we got the new law saying abortion is not good. Interestingly, this law was not enforced, though, uh, until sometime around, uh, what the hell was it? It came to around, oh, the late 1930s. And then for some reason, people started getting interesting in it. And it led up to Roe v. Wade in 1973. Now, the most important thing. It's not that the doctors, you know, they, they went out and they made sure this, these laws were passed to protect their, their pocketbooks. It, the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church had long accepted termination via the female monthly pills or whatever way, okay, up to quickening in the first five months. They did not think it was anti-religious, it was against God's law, that they were killing a human being, uh, that uh, a a fetus, at the moment of conception, there was life there. None of this came up. The Catholic Church never talked about it. Uh, uh, And they never talked about it for the hundreds of years, the centuries before, okay? And for some reason, the Catholic Church joined with the doctors, though, in this drive, we shouldn't let these people do it. And uh, they had thought, but they didn't sell it big. They didn't talk about it from the the pulpit, that after quickening, after the first five months, it it might be uh, wrong. It might be immoral. It might be a sin. But it was nobody, it was no big deal, even for the Catholic Church. And they joined the doctors because they just thought, well, maybe this is the right thing to do. So the Catholic Church accepted it for hundreds of years. uh, And now they have been fighting it for 150 years. Uh, It's all interesting. One day it's okay, and another day it isn't. I'm talking according to the standards of the church uh, right now. Let me talk about Sears. Sears Canada. Sears Canada recently went bankrupt. Uh, There's a, a, a blogger. I'm a blogger. I blog every morning. There's a blogger by the name of Ian Welsh, a Canadian blogger. Uh, He wrote a very interesting blog recently, and I'm going to paraphrase it. I'm going to go through it rapidly for you. Uh, But I think his bottom line is very interesting. When Sears Canada went bankrupt, uh, the pension fund, the employees' money, was underfunded. Uh, Sears had not put the money in there because they were losing money. At the same time, knowing that they were going under, they were going to go bankrupt, the Sears executives, the high echelon, paid themselves large bonuses, okay? But they never made the pension funds good. Now, that sounds illegal. They put money in their pocket, but screw the workers. Well, it wasn't illegal. It was not, it's not illegal in Canada. and probably wouldn't be illegal here. And the reason, basically, is justice. Doing the right thing is not necessarily the law. We've all learned this, especially me. I practiced law for 46 years. And people are fools to think that, well, let me put it this way. This is hard what I'm going to say. Uh, If you think that 
the courts give you justice in every instance. They do not because it's just the way it is. <laughs> the rules are the rules. I'm not saying it's improper or illegal what the courts do in any type of cases, but they rule by the law and by precedents, and sometimes the written law, the written word, the precedents do not do the right thing, but the law is the law. Well, what Ian Welsh brought to my attention, and I'm bringing to yours now, you got to remember that everything the Nazis did, yep, everything the Nazis did was legal when they did it. If you go back through history, sending the Jews off to the camps to be to be uh, exterminated, okay, uh, sending the mental defectives uh, to have their uh, the woman have her tubes tied, uh, remove her female parts because they didn't want Hitler didn't want any more mental defectives, uh, having the men denuded, uh, it was legal. That doesn't mean that because it's legal, it's good. It means we got to, like we're having a screwed-up system now in Washington with all these changes in the law and changes in regulations that Trump is having uh, accomplished. They're the law. It does not necessarily mean they're good. Now, when you have a society, Welsh said, when you have a society which regards ordinary people, those people didn't, didn't have their pensions, but the, the executives got the, got big bonuses. When you have a society which regards ordinary people as sheep to be called for benefit of the elites, for the benefit of the elites, from the poor people, for the benefit of the rich, think about our new tax system. That's an unjust society. And those who participate in it, who engage in it, are villains. Now, based on history, the odds are these people are going to get away with it. Uh, when and We know corporations are taking advantage of the people today, and they go unpunished. Look at the banks. They gave us 2008. Millions of people across this country lost their homes, their fortunes, and everything else. But not one bank executive went to jail. Amazing, isn't it? Not one bank executive went to jail. So they're getting away with it, and it's legal. It's legal. Well, here's what he says. Ian Walsh's bottom line is that every once in a while, those people in society who have been culled, those who have been denied, who have been deprived, who have been taken advantage of by, by the elitist, by the rich, uh, well, they're going to go after those people and they're going to punish them with guillotines and bullets. Yes, guillotines and bullets. Because such adverse conduct, the, the, the higher echelon, the wealthy defecating on the lower echelon, on the poor, the 1%, the 99%, at some point people say, no more, like the Texas flag, don't tread on me. And then you have guillotines, and then you have bullets. Interesting blogger. You, you ought to read him. All right, now where are we here? I want, and this also ties in with things that are upsetting. This involves the Catholic Church. Understand, I am a Catholic. I'm a fallen away Catholic. I believe in God, but I think my church has screwed up big time during my lifetime. They've screwed up a lot historically. How something created by Jesus Christ could turn so intolerant uh, so evil, so bad over the centuries, I don't know. But anyhow, I want to talk about black nuns. I'm a product of a Catholic education. 
In grammar school and high school, I had none. I had Christian brothers in college. So I'm only going to talk about grammar school and high school. Brown Franciscans in grammar school. Sisters of Charity, the White Wings in high school. Never thought about what I'm going to share with you now. I never saw any black nuns. There were no Negro nuns. No women of African descent, okay, as nuns. Never gave it a thought until I came across this article. And it says there was an intentional discrimination amongst the in the nunnery, amongst the religious orders, we call them orders when you talk about the nuns, uh, amongst the orders, uh, the nunnery, the orders, to prevent those of color from becoming nuns. Can you imagine that they segregated, they discriminated? And if you think about it, and I, I have been thinking about it, the only black nun I ever knew was Whoopi Goldberg. Remember her two movies? And I'm serious when I say it. The Sister Act and Sister Act 2. Uh, she was a black nun. But there weren't any. We have them now. And the reason we're getting them now is because uh, the young ladies of America no longer want to become nuns. When I was a kid, oh, my God, to want to be a nun, want to be a priest. I wanted to be a priest going to, when I was going to high school. I served the 7 o'clock mass every morning for four years in high school for the Monsignor, went to communion. I wanted to be a priest. Uh, it, it's wild. That was the desire of the Catholic youth. But they wouldn't let black girls enter the nunnery. My Catholic church, you know, that bothers me. The pedophilia bothers me. Uh, it, it's just amazing. Okay, where are we here now? Uh, you known, you are known by the company you keep. Now, Donald Trump has a perverse sense of what might be good for America. This I believe. You don't have to. So a lot of you are going to write tomorrow and say, uh, I'm a effing liberal again. Some people comment like that using vulgar language like the president does. Anyhow, uh, Trump supported uh, Roy Moore. Pedophilia, pedophilia, pedophile uh, for the United States Senate from Arizona, from Alabama. Now he's supporting Rick Saccone. Rick Saccone. Let me tell you who Rick Saccone is. Rick Saccone is running in a special election soon in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, rather. And uh, who is he? I'll tell you who he is. He's a former Abu Gharib. Abu Gharib. It's in Iraq. He's, it's, a, it's a jail. He's an interrogation consultant who worked there for the United States Army. He was a, uh, how am I going to put this? He was a torture expert. He tortured people. That's what he did. That's his specialty. And he's written books on it uh, And he, he, in support of torture tactics. He believes, he believes uh, that torture should be used. And he says, what's good? He says, you know, waterboarding, stress positions, sleep deprivation, uh, execution threats, dogs attacking people, threatening electrocution. All good. Use it. He is a torture expert. Well, last week, Donald Trump went to North Fayette Township in Pennsylvania to campaign for and with Rick Saccone 
for the Congress of the United States. Now, there has to be a limit. Politics is politics. But the politicians of today, and the Democrats are included, but the Republicans more so, uh, they're more concerned with getting another seat, getting another person to vote with them, than they are with the morality of the situation. Now, how the hell can Trump support Saccone, who's a torture expert? means Trump probably supports torture. I don't, I'll tell you that. And John McCain, who was tortured, doesn't. Uh, and I, I, I wouldn't approve or support of a pedophile uh, to be in the United States Senate. Didn't bother Donald Trump, needed that vote. Didn't bother the Republican Party of Alabama, they needed that vote. So that's what our dear president did last week. Torture expert, he wants him in the United States Congress. And if that occurs, other deviates are going to go to the United States Congress, and eventually these nuts are going to pass laws that will adversely affect and hurt all of us. It'll justify doing wrong things, bad things to us. Want to talk about cursive writing, handwriting, uh, a gone art, a lost art. Uh, cursive writing is writing by hand. I remember I, I got taught in the first grade cursive writing. You had a little inkwell in the corner of your little wood and uh, you dipped your pen in there, and they taught you how to write. You had to have a nickel on the back of your hand. They taught the Palmer method, uh, method of writing, and if that nickel fell off while you were writing, you didn't get a Palmer method button. I was the only kid who couldn't keep the nickel balanced on the back of my hand, and I never got the button, and my whole life this has bothered me. Anyhow, they got rid of it uh, a generation ago. It's coming back, 20, 14 states and the New York City Elementary School. Schools now use cursive writing or teaching, again, handwriting in addition to using computers. It's a good thing. I'm glad it's coming back because let me tell you, I wrote an article on this several years ago for Conk Life, and I said I have run into adults after this article who can't read, and one man cried, and he was educated. He couldn't, no, he could read, I apologize, he couldn't write his name, he could not write his name. If you can't cursive write, you can't write your name. And he was crying that he, an educated man, could not write his name because he had not been taught it in school. That is my show for this week. Uh, time's running out on me quickly. Buy my book, Irma and Me, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. It's selling, I'm glad it's selling. But I want everybody to read it. It's the only book on Irma, you'll love it. Other than that, I've only got about seven seconds left. Thank you for joining me. I'll be with you again next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.